well. Well. Finished. There you go. Hi, everybody. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You doing pretty good? Yeah. Could you uh, turn my volume up just a little bit? I'll turn you on your. Oh, yeah. Yours is all the way down. Oh. Oh, jeez. Hi, everybody. How you doing? Call in at. um. Please call in. I oh, want call in at seven one eight six seven three eight two zero one. Um, and we're not and, saying call in like some guy. Yeah, we're not saying Hanks. hey, call in. Yeah, call we're not, Hanks. Call. Yeah, we're not saying call in. Although if Colin, wait, I don't. Wanna, if Colin Hanks is, um, he wants to call us. Call us. You. We're not saying Collins can't call us. We're just no. saying this is a general call for anyone, Colin or otherwise. Mm-hmm. What about uh, Chet? Chet. Um, Chet. Okay, we'll we'll set that as this is a rule now. Chet cannot call in. I, I wouldn't mind talking to Chet. You wouldn't mind talking to Chet? No, 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 no. I, All right. If okay, here's here's the deal. If Chet calls, you can talk to him. Okay. If Colin Hanks calls, I can talk to him. <laughs> can I talk to Colin? No. I mean, I like Colin. I like Colin a lot better than Chet, but Chet is still a human person mm. who has feelings. Hmm. It may have been even messed up by the fact. It seems like he was totally messed up by the fact his daddy and mommy hmm. were both uh, biggies hmm. in the Hollywood system. Anyway, speaking of biggies, um, I wonder if Chet has ever listened to Dead Eyes. I think so. We've talked about Dead Eyes a few times now. Well, it's just you um, know, it's it's hard sometimes not to talk about Tom Hanks um, on this thing since we are a movie podcast. Hello, everybody. We're two thumbs undecided. I am your gracious. And non-gassy uh, host, Zachary T. Williker Ferguson. Are you saying I'm gassy? What was that about? Well, uh, I'm certainly not gassy. Okay. Well, so then that... I feel like I have to say that I am also not gassy. Okay, there you go. It's not a, It's not like a zero-one t- situation. Mm. You can be um, maybe too full of gas. It's very true. Yes. We're not a blue show. We don't get that blue mm-hmm. we do talk about reality mm-hmm. that can sometimes be blue mm-hmm. like in today's news um uh well woody allen uh, pooped himself to death like yeah that is blue but it is it, it would be true if it happened it yes. didn't it didn't, it didn't though woody so. allen to however you feel he's not dead <laughs> I don't, I don't. I just want to be on the record. <laughs> wait, wait, let's check this out real quick. Oh, I, I think it would be big news. I just want to say on the record, I don't like the man and think he's, uh, yeah, not. Did free. Woody Allen die? die. If he um, has, he is. No, but there is a thing from NationalPost.com that the headline is, I'm 84 and I'll be dead soon. <laughs> it may be uh, that I stop making movies. I, I have this feeling that these horrible people you know, they got into such an age that it's not like I have any remorse or like, yeah. why would I, why would I try to clear my name? I'm going to be dead soon anyways. Hmm. Even though Woody Allen isn't actually dead, this is from, this is from distractify.com. Distractify. Even though Woody Allen isn't dead, Twitter wishes he was by <laughs> Gina. Hmm. Oh man. Shitian. We talk about death so much. Yeah. On this. I love it. Um, um, speaking of death, should I get right into film news? Uh, yeah, great segue. Yes, yes. Um, let me slap to it. So everybody's talking about the big news that happened recently. You know, Oscars and and Razzies. And here, here. Oh, 
Here you okay, Oscars and Razzies, and we can't help but talk about mm. the pulp fiction reunion at the Oscars. Did mm. you see that? Yeah, that was probably the biggest thing that came slapping. out of this Oscars. It was slapping. Yeah. Uh-huh. It hit me like a rock. Um <laughs> Chris. Um but anyways, yeah, so the uh, reunion was there. And I don't know if Bruce Willis was there, but Bruce Willis has um, retired from acting. Did you know this? Oh yeah, this is big. Bruce, what was the disease he has? Aphasia. I mean, yeah. uh, that I don't think that's exactly right. I'm looking it up, but aphasia is where it's kind of a dementia type disease where your brain does not register. I'm going to interrupt of, you real quick. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent listening supported radio. All right, continue. Uh, so yeah, All right, I'm going to continue. I'm going to interrupt real quick again. You're listening to uh, Two Thumbs Undecided. Aphasia on Radio Free Brooklyn. Aphasia is, by the aphasia. way, is what it is. Um, but yeah, it's a chronic, and and it's kind of reported why, or it's kind of thought of that that's why he's been in all these kind of straight to red box movies mm. that don't really have anything. He's used earpieces and such. Yeah. Um, just a shout out to my new favorite video series. Anybody can tell you that I'm obsessed. <sighs> yeah, it's uh, we come home. Well, we as in me, I, I come home. I haven't and even this dude... finished it. Okay. I haven't even. Anyways, uh, Red Letter Media okay. did a really great two videos on it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, okay, go on. T- talk about how I'm addicted to do it. Well, this we come home. This guy. That's me. That's Zach. Has Red Letter Media just blasting, and it's just four dudes <laughs> blasting. sitting in a chair. It's not blasting. It's just, did you just turn me down? No, I'm 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 turning I'm adjusting the levels. Um look, I there's a lot of content that I've missed. They've had ten years of stuff. I like their opinions. Yeah. They they seem very much on level with me. They don't talk about good movies. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Well. They yeah, they Okay. Which is funny. What else is happening in film news? Uh, okay, so Bruce Willis, that is sad. That yeah, and that's big news. Yeah. Um and then you also have uh, Morbius. Morbius mm. uh, is now ticking to be one of the worst Marvel movies ever made. Mm-hmm. Forget if I talked about this last time, but there was a movie called Man-Thing, which mm. is based off the Man-Thing comics from Adventures into Fear. Mm-hmm. First appearance, also Savage uh, Savage Tales number one. Uh, but uh, it's not doing so well, and there's now a record that Jared Leto just stars in the worst superhero movies mm-hmm. because you got, you, you got your suicide squad as the Joker and now you have Morbius as, oh, and I forget what Morbius real name. It's something vampire, you know, all these superheroes, their names kind of like the new moon, moon Knight, starring um, Oscar Isaac. Yes. You know what moon Knight's real name is? Oh yes. Um, I'll no. tell you what? Mark Spector hmm. Spector. That makes sense. As in, like a ghost, yeah, which is kind of like comes out when the moon's there. Mm. Um, so I'm pretty yeah. sure that Morbius's real name is like, like Alan Rickman, Vamp, yeah, oh, too soon, Vamper or something. Mm. Like Doctor Octopus, they made a joke. See, I don't really. Um, <laughs> I I feel like all of the things coming out of, from Marvel. You just um, that wait, is this a show or a movie, Morpheus? It's a movie. It's a movie, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, yeah. But it's like it bad it's good bad? No, I've heard it's just bad bad. Just bad bad. Okay. Maybe it's not like cats bad. It's just it's getting awful reviews and Twitter for some reason is now 
trying to make it look like that it's doing amazing. Like mm-hmm. there was a thing that showed the greatest movie budget, like records of all time, and it yeah. got like fifteen quadrillion billion stuff. That's a lot. So people are like photoshopping. It's it's stuff. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Because it's that bad. That's pretty good film news. That's pretty good. Thank you. I had more, but... Um, oh, wait. What else? Um, yeah. Uh, shoot. Yeah. The, 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 the mom, mom... The mom... George Costanza's uh, mom passed. What's her name? I, I had it. I, I swear. I, I swear <laughs> to you. I had it. She passed uh, yes. away today. She, no. Uh, a few days ago. Okay. Um, Estelle Harris, E S T E L L E, Estelle yes. Harris. Uh, okay. She's also known as the voice of uh, Mrs. Potato Head. Okay, you know, now, you just always get a voice kind of like this. <laughs> no, that's horrible. Yeah, that's not a good voice. Um, that was good. So, well, she was ninety-three. Okay, so she was pretty old. She probably accomplished a lot. Mm-hmm. She didn't ruin her career. Yeah, ninety three. Once you hit ninety, it's kind of like I say eighty. You you think eighty? Well, maybe that's not. We do true. talk about death a lot on this show. I mean, things. That's the thing. These news. There's a lot of stuff yeah. on here where it's, it's either who's born and who's dying. Yeah, no one's talking about who's dying. Bo- boring. Born, no born. Born. Yeah, yeah. There's no things on borned. Yeah. And I really don't. They c- should. They should really start like. But well, I guess is, no. They do say like John Krasinski's got a kid today. He's got. <laughs> I like that. That's how you say like you got <laughs> born. You got born. This person's got a kid today. Hey, this guy got a kid today. <laughs> Yesterday he did not. Hey, when did you get a kid? Oh, I got a six oh six nineteen seventy two. That's mm. when I got. That's when I got that's a what... kid. <laughs> you mean his birthday? No, it's when I got the kid. <laughs> hey, let's go tip over a cow. <laughs> that. That's what that character would say. Mm, um, like that but that's character. a lot of news. I, yeah. I think that's pretty good. I think that's what everybody's talking about. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. That's Therefore, what, that's what everyone's talking about. Therefore, we are kind of the top news thing. Yeah, we're kind of... We are like... I mean, we are for Radio Free Brooklyn. We are the number one film news yes. around. I will say the next... Uh, radio is kind of one of the leading things in entertainment. Mm-hmm. Radio. Yeah. Um, And to that... Sam and I are actually trying to uh, continue this wave of like media. Yeah. So Sam and I are actually venturing into the newspaper industry. Yes. We are. We should make it, but don't call it a zine, which is like the magazine. It's like the cool way of having a magazine. You have a zine. Maga. It's like an online magazine. A, z- a magazine. No, no, I'm, t- I'm talking about. Nope. It's just going to be it, uh, paper. Mm. Like it's, we're going to uh, do a bunch of printing press. Yep. I got a couple of uh, uh, vendors who are we ready. Should do, we should sell thumbs, like plastic thumbs. Yes. Actually, to tell you the truth, do you think it would be easy for us to like get a newspaper made well, these oh, days? To get, a newspa- to get a zine, we could definitely get What's a get zine? A, I don't know what a, a zine, zine is. A zine is an online magazine. I've never heard of that. I don't know if it's specifically online, but it's, it's basically a blog. like... No. I'm talking about if we're going on the... Uh, on the Okay, a zine is like an independent magazine, basically. Like, okay. anyone can make a zine. Like, you and I, if we made a thing, it would be a zine. Because so I we think we should it's, start doing it. Yeah, no, I think it's Anyways, great. we should... Speaking of... What, of what's another, also, like, dying industry that we can hop um, onto? COVID compliance. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, COVID compliance. I was about to say, yeah. That is another thing. I'll tell you an inside uh, oh, source. Boy. Is um, a lot of uh, film and... 
TV are not wanting. Actually, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Uh oh. I'm just saying, as time goes. getting calling right now. It's your boss, and he's just like, "Yeah, you're not supposed to let that out of the bag yet." And I'll be like, "I was. I am the bag." (laughs) That that would be your rebuttal. I am the bag. I am the bag. Okay. And what would they? Okay. Let's do a role play. Let's do a role play. So I'm gonna actually ring a ding. -ding. I'm just gonna say that a lot of people and you know are not hiring COVID compliance. Ring, ring, ring. Oh, I gotta, I gotta take this. Yeah. Okay. Cool. First time. Hello. Hello, you're on the air for Two Thumbs Undecided. Hey, this is your boss. Um, You're not supposed to say that. Who? Who's bo- uh, Sam's I'm your, boss? No, no, you, sir. You're Zach, right? Oh, you're talking to me. Yes. Yes, I'm your boss. You recognize my voice. Um, You must... Uh, I'm sorry. I, Jocelyn? No, I, yes. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I no, don't this really... is Jocelyn. <laughs> okay. Um, hello? Hey, this is Jocelyn. So you're, you couldn't... You shouldn't have said that. You let the cat out of the bag. Okay. Um, I am the bag. Oh, you're the bag. I'm the bag. Okay, well what are maybe you gonna you're do not. Now? Maybe you're not fired now. Hmm. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go fire somebody else now. Yes. Because someone's got to take this hit. You don't want to have blue balls when it comes to firing. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> All right. Speaking. I'm trying right. to find a segue. All right. So, yeah. The, what's her name again? Jennifer. Jocelyn. Okay. Which, <laughs> so speaking of know. all of this stuff, which, you know, really has nothing to do with anything we're about to say. So this episode, if you're listening to the podcast or see, looking at the cartoon or looking at the cartoon I have drawn by this point, Zach has finally drawn it. We are talking about Richard Lester. Um, and this is the first time in series two that we don't have a guest on. Richard Lester is not on. I kind of like he is 90. Um, he's still alive. He is still alive. Why don't we have him on? Let's try to get him on next yeah, week. Yeah, we should have tried to get him on. Sorry. Why we should get him on next week. Yeah. I, I'm not joking. I'll I'll look at he's probably so grumpy. He's like it's like a John Ford interview. I will say that um we did have some update uh where <gasps> Ooh. Sorry, I'm just looking at my emails now. Oh um real time confirmation. So well, two things that are happening news wise. Um sorry, we haven't even gotten into Richard Lester, but one uh friend of the show, Penelope Bartlett, who um <gasps> did um Oh one of the who pandemic was in episodes. The Criterion Channel. Yeah, we interviewed her. She's she, a, she's a programmer. When did she come like Criterion Channel was uh but a puppy. That was in twenty twenty. Yeah, it was at it, it was at so, its beginning. So Penelope, I reached out because I want to do an episode on subtitles. Um, I mean, yes, I just feel like hopefully we can get more from Penelope. Well, I reached out to her if she knew anyone at Criterion because since oh, that's cool. probably something that they very like are in like how it's being translated. Yes. Anyway, she got back to me. Also, we had an episode a few days ago, um, with or a few weeks ago with our uh, friend Arsham, and he was wearing a T-shirt by B. Uh, be Jenny Monterio. Um, and uh, he is probably going to be on the show possibly next week. Nice. This so, guy is a pretty, by the way, that guy is a pretty big yeah. indie artist. Yeah. Um, so, but we don't have a guest this time. So we're talking about Richard Lester, which came about because if you haven't heard the name Richard Lester before, then you're a fool. Then we're going to educate Just you. We're kidding. not going to shame people. Uh, I'm a show. fool for saying that. So, Richard Lester, best known for the director of um, Hard Day's Night and Help. He basically kind of created what we think of as like pop culture Beatles, or at least like the first half he of the Beatles. He shaped them. He shaped what 
the image of what we think of them. Like we all we all knew like before like the Beatles were already known of being like you know run around by like crazy fans and stuff. But, but it wouldn't put you... on celluloid until I, I, I don't, our day's night. I, unless you have more information, that whenever I think of the like the crazy fans, yeah, you know that was parodied in in, yeah. in uh, Austin Powers, you okay. know, yeah, I think of a hard day's night, yeah, you know, it, no, he, a, he really did. So he spent a long time. Well, he spent a bit of time just like being with the Beatles, and and then he wrote a movie that was kind of it, it perpetuated like, the idea of like the pretty one, the funny one, the quiet one, and then the Ringo, like <laughs> that idea of like that that character types. Is Ringo not the funny one? I think John. No, John's the funny one. John's Ringo, the funny one. Yeah, John's. I mean, funny. John is funny. So, anyways, so there's like that like mentality of the Beatles was kind of sculpted by him. But I was curious because like, how did this director get this opportunity? And so, a little bit about Richard Lester. Oh, Richard Lester himself. He's actually American. Um, he is. He's American, I but was... he moved in his early twenties to UK and never moved back. Wow. Um, Better medical. I wonder how the medical stuff was back then. Back then, I don't know. Even with America, do you think that was the deciding factor? I'm just. I don't think so. Whenever I think of moving, like if I ever moved, I would mostly probably want to do it for the medical. Well, I feel like he was much more inspired by like in the fifties. I feel like there was a lot more happening in the UK. Um, and I wonder if he avoided the draft. There's so many things. We should really get him on. So anyways, he came. He I'll went to the UK. Out. Yeah, reach out to him. <laughs> and uh, he very quickly met up with um, Peter Sellers and Spike Mulligan. Um, he was doing uh, some shows um, where he was just doing like some TV shows on like on BBC and uh, as like a young kid, he was like 22, 23, directing like TV shows and stuff. Yeah, some. But there uh, was include, no, including Vice, a show called Fred, is what it was called, The Idiot Weekly. But back then, he was Son saying Fred. how basically no one had any kind of gauge on what to do with TV at all. What do you want? Don't stop touching your mic. It so keeps... he doesn't want to. He has no gauge on what he's doing at all. And so he had a lot of free reign to like do whatever. And so mm -hmm. there was one episode where apparently Peter Sellers was watching, called him up, and Peter Sellers said that was either the worst TV or episode I've ever seen in my life, or you're on to something. That sounds like Peter Sellers. And that got them on to. So at the time, Peter Sellers and Spike Mulligan were making this radio show uh, that lasted from '51 to 1960 called The Goon Show. Huh. And um. That was what they were doing. And so they asked um, this dude, Richard Lester, also Dick Lester is what he's more commonly known, to try to translate The Goon Show to television. And they made a few renditions. One, The Idiot Weekly, and then other one was uh, Price uh, 2D, which I think is British currency. I forget what the D stands for. Oh, The Idiot Weekly, Price 2, 2D. That's what I just said. Yeah, well, that was he did six episodes okay. of that. Yeah. So he did one. So he did those two. And then. <laughs> in 1956, just to give you a perspective. Yes. So he was doing this. He was translating their stuff to um, television. And then he made a short called um, uh, 24 the, running, the Running and Jumping and Standing Still film. And this came out in 59. Now, this short 
it's on Criterion. If you guys have, if you have that, it's kind of hard to find mm-hmm. elsewhere. But it's only about twenty minutes. It is very my, my Monty Python esque. Like when you think of Monty Python, Monty Python has a lot to thank Richard Lester and the Goon Show Squad for, um, because it was very similar. But it was shot in fifty nine. And there's like this one scene where Peter Sellers walks up to, I, I think, Spike Mulligan or whatever. Um, and Spike just puts like has like this, the uh, like uh, he puts a, a record on a log and then he starts just dancing around it with like uh, with a needle and like a little like a speaker. So he starts like pretending like he's making the sound by just running around it. And Peter Sellers just like starts dancing to it with like a with like a, a rifle because he was like going to, like bird hunting, and it's kind of like that abstract sort of comedy. Um, like there's no plot line to it at, at all. Um, that is very interesting. That um, Richard- and this was before you know he did anything with Kubrick. Um, this was like and this is on Criterion cha- uh, Channel. You say? Yeah, this is Criterion. I'm gonna have to look that up because. It's sounding kind of like Richard Lester or Dick Lester is the proto-British humor. British TV humor or like video, putting it into video. Which, in my opinion, when it comes to humor, I mean... But he was saying like on like an interview, he was saying like this humor already existed in like Edward Lear and Alice in Wonderland. Like he was basing a lot of his stuff off of what was already in literature, like these weird surrealist humor um interesting and so where did was, you find that quote i from him from like an interview with the bfi ah. um so anyways uh so from that short uh the standing still the running and jumping and standing still film that's what the beatles saw and they were just like this guy's interesting do the voice what voice he's going oh paul this oh. guy oh all right i'll i'll be i'll be i'll be ringo that's ringo Hello, then I'll I'm be, Ringo. Then I'll be John. He talks kind of more like this. What's going on? Ringo, you don't. Have you, Whoa, you seen? don't say that to me. Oh, we just watched the running and jumping and standing still film. Ooh. Yes. Hey, Ringo. Oh, you, is this George or Paul? I don't know. This is Paul. Oh. And I'm George. Wow. And I'm John. Anyways, we should call up this uh, director. Yes. Ringo, why are you always such a klutz? I hate you. Hello. <laughs> if I had the chance, I would beat you to death with my own shoe. No, John, don't be such a a, a twat. <laughs> I'm Ringo. Anyways, someone keeps texting me, and I just want them to stop. I can't. I can't help but do the voice for. They're, they're listening to it right now, and I, I can't pay attention to both. Um, what do you? Len also uh, George Martin, the he was long term producer. I previously made. Okay, I can't. I can't do both. Anyways, um, so, uh, so yeah. So, continuing on, <laughs> they, they can call in also, whoever that was. No, no. Oh, okay. They can call in. We've said the number a few times, so it, they can call in if they want. So, anyways, um, so, um. Anyways, he then went on to make a, a, his first feature called It's Trad Dad, um, which actually was like a uh, um, another it was a um, uh, like a musical kind of with a bunch of like pop num- uh, pop stars from the day. It wasn't the Beatles. This was before Hard Day's Night, um, but it was 
um, a British musical comedy featuring uh, performances brought brought by a variety of Dixieland jazz bands and rock and roll singers. Um, And it was kind of the precursor to Hard Day's Night. So at this point, Beatles saw this. They were just like, great, let's give this guy a feature. Hard Day's Night happened, and it blew open his career. Like From then on, he was like, oh, well, he's kind of set. He did do two other movies before that. He did The Mouse on the Moon mm-hmm. and Ring a Ding Rhythm. Yes. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of improvising with that movie. A lot of his kind of stuff is what we think of as Monty Python, of breaking the fourth wall of a lot of improvisation. It, Although the, everything scripted was in the script, but, like, anytime you see just, like, them going out and, like, dancing... Uh, in Hard Day's Night, that like that's that was all just completely improvised. And there's actually a scene where they like run outside um, to like just go dance around on like a field or whatever. Um, and John Lennon was gone for half of that shoot. And there's a scene where they just t- take a camera and just start just like spinning around, and you see like the feet, and it looks like it's John Lennon's perspective, but it's actually. Um, Dick Lester's perspective. Smart. That and was so you just smart. see, like, from while he's, like, John Lennon was, like, signing books or something, while he was doing that, basically, Dick Lester was his perspective mm-hmm. in that scene. Um, and so then he went, I mean, he kind of blew up from there. And, like, in 65, he made this movie called The Knack and How to Get It. And this won the Palm d'Or. Oh, my. Who's yeah, in it? I, I, uh, blah, 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 blah. Now, I'm not entirely sure, but he won the pump. Like th- this guy is like, bit like he's the not just how to get it. He's not just the Beatles person. Like he he won a palm to or for something completely separate from the Beatles. Now what um, did you? By the way, what do you think of a hard day's night? I I love that movie. See, um, I watched that movie recently with you. Yeah, and I don't know. I thought it was a little boring. Really, I found it a little boring. Yes, I, I and, think it. And, I don't know. And yes, there is a billion classic scenes mm-hmm. um, where it's just them running or them trying to find an old man or really just kind of a day in the life of uh, a beetle, but plus like ridiculousness. But then we after the knack and how it, uh, to get it, we he goes back to the Beatles with help. Yeah. In 1965. And you were playing that and I was laughing and laughing. I was like, this is yeah, hilarious. That's much more your humor, I well, feel. The reason why is so a hard day's night, yes, it's a surreal and wacky, but at least it's grounded mm-hmm. in some sort of reality. Help is like they fall into an international situation. Mm-hmm. The one thing that really stood out to me is there's a part where like Paul McCartney randomly gets shrunk into a T. Yeah. Like it's just like and the, and you know they're not horrified I mean, they're, by the they're, situation. They were high the whole time, basically shooting it. Well, so. then Richard Lester knows how to deal with people high. Yeah, we, you know what? We should talk to him about that. How do we you should deal? really get him on. Like how was because there are some people Let's get who him are, on before he dies. No offense to him, but he's probably going to well, die you know, at some it, point. I, I do have a regret. I was going to reach out to the guy who made uh, the first black exploitation mi- movie, sweet yeah. badass badass song yeah, or yeah. something like that. I'm like, oh, he's easy. He's probably old, probably doesn't mind just, you know, yelling at it or just, you know, talking yeah. to us. Yeah. And then he died. Yeah. And I was like, darn it. Got to get on it. So anyways, one story, though, I saw uh, with him at the Palm d'Or. So he won the Palm d'Or in 65, and then he was a judge in 66. And there's a story in which he, um, or no, 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 this was at the, uh, for when he was at uh, the can for a knack and how to get it. And um, 
uh, what was it? This some random person came up to him and he said like, "Hey, like if you watch my movie that I'm in, um, I'll babysit your kid." And the person was like, "Oh," and then so Dick Lester was like, "Okay, cool, I watched this movie." And then he's like, "Didn't know," and this was in '65, and and so he didn't like. Then he like forgot about this person. And he found out like several years later in the 70s, the guy comes up to him and he's just like, hey, how's your kid doing? He like remembered Dick Lester's kid's name. And then he found out that it was Jack Nicholson. Oh, my God. Jack goodness. Nicholson babysitted Dick Lester's kid. So that kid turned during out, can that kid was probably messed up. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, hey, peekaboo. <laughs> Where are you? Do you think he was all, like, even, like, in his mid-20s, he was just full-on Jack Nicholson? He's always Jack. <laughs> hey, little Richard. Hey, little Dickie. <laughs> you want a peanut? I'll give you a peanut. <laughs> oh, man. I hope so. That's my second impersonation today. I hope to go for three. Uh, so let's try to find a impersonation out of all of this. Do you know what? So mo- really, by the way, do you know what movie Jack Nicholson was saying? Like, watch my movie, Dick. Oh, what movie it was? Yeah. Um, I mean, he it was wouldn't the, have been. It wouldn't have been. Um, because his first real, you know, hit movie was. I might have been Easy, Easy Rider. Rider. This <gasps> might have no, been a few years later. That was sixty seven. I know, but I might be getting the story wrong. Um, because I'm trying to think of like what else he was in that would have been. Regardless, more of the story is Jack Nicholson babysitted and Dick Lester's kid at Cannes. That don't is. don't know what year, but a year. <laughs> so continuing on, he did this. This guy's popping off at this Ooh, point. He just he did a funny thing on the way to the forum. Uh, he's really just kind of like embodying what you think of like swinging '60s culture. Um, and then he started making some clunkers. Uh-huh. Um, he made this movie, "How I Won the War," with John Lennon was one of the stars which was, we saw a bit of we saw some of it it was very avant-garde um it took place in world war ii but it was also kind of an anti-war movie about vietnam because this was 67 and vietnam was just about to happen also or it was happening if i saw that movie in like a it kind of reminded me of a student film yeah because it ends in a very student-ish film where yeah um spoilers but it's really hard to find so anyways um what John Lennon's in it, and he gets blown up, and it by a bomb, and he just he's like hunched over, and he's looking at his stomach, and it's bleeding out or whatever, and he looks yeah. up at the camera, and he goes like, "Well, what did you think else it was gonna end like? You know, yeah. I was gonna die." And some guy in the background who is the dad of Veruca Salt yeah. from the original Willy Wonka, and this he was also I don't know if you saw any of this, but the guy I don't know his name, but the dad who. Was the car? No, not the car salesman, but the the dad of the spoiled. Yeah, the the generally spoiled yeah. girl who wanted the uh, golden goose egg. He's in a bunch of Richard Lester movie. He was in Help. He was in the um, how the how to win a war or whatever you just said. How, how I won the war. And the movie that I'm currently in the process of watching is uh, the Three Musketeers. Which yeah. this guy's name is Roy K- uh, Kinner, by the way. Roy Kinner, yeah. He he was in a lot of Richard Lester movies, but uh, ch- in our childhood, we would all know him as Veruca Salt's yeah. dad. So he was a big Dick Lester, Dick Lester head. Mm-hmm. Um, but the movie really did not do well at all. And then he made another movie called The Bed Sitting Room, which was a comedy about uh, post-apocalyptic Britain. 
Whoa, really? Also did not do really well at all. Um, he had two two uh, clinkers back-to-back, and he lost a lot of financing after that. Clinkers. Well, I got to tell you. And then he went on in the 70s, kind of revitalized his career with um, The Three Musketeers, which was actually cut into two separate movies, The Three Musketeers and Four Musketeers. Really? So when I'm watching, I'm currently watching The Three Musketeers. Yeah. So I should continue to watch The, the Return four- no, it's of, just four musketeers. I'm pretty sure it's called. I kept seeing something called the return. There is the return, but that's a little bit later. Oh, okay. So three musketeers and then four musketeers. Me ladies' revenge. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah, it's called. Okay. Me ladies' revenge. Yeah. So um, that's really cool. I'll have to watch both of them because I. So you're in the middle of watching three musketeers. Yes. Uh, which is a star-studded cast and. V- very, f- it is funny. It's not funny in the same way as the the Beatles, mm-hmm. and it, honestly, it's because the like Help and and Hard Day's Night are both cartoons. More so, Help. Help is basically a cartoon. Mm-hmm. The Three Musketeers is based on the Three Musketeers. Mm-hmm. So there's a story, but there's a lot of uh, just kind of funniness to it, and. Um, so far, the person who is the funniest is Michael York, mm. who you may and the audience at home may recognize. Here's another relation to Austin Powers. He mm. plays um, uh, Cecil, I think is his name. The guy who oh. who's like Austin Powers is like go to guy. Yeah. Now, of course, people at home are probably screaming, being like, Michael York was a lot of other stuff. But that's for people of my generation and your generation. That's what. We would know him from Basil mm-hmm. is yeah Basil, but he was also in Logan's Run, Cabaret, Romeo and D. He was a heartthrob. He was a yeah. good-looking man, but he's um. There's a really funny scene in Three Musketeers where he keeps running into people, uh, and he keeps uh having to set up duels. Mm. And it's kind of funny because he starts to lose track mm-hmm. of just how many duels he has to do, and they're all in the same place and at the same time, and it's uh it's very funny. But it is a star-studded cast. Get this. This is Richard Lester's Let's see if I can. Um, Three Musketeers. You have Oliver Reed as Athos. Mm-hmm. You have Richard Chamberlain Darn. I was going to say people who I know, but he was Armos. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Michael York plays uh, Detania. And uh, Christopher Lee, from what I'm getting, is the bad guy. He has a eye patch, but he's a very, very fancy, you know, like... Disrespect, like he looks down on uh, Titania, yeah, because he's like Titania. But um, it's it's a fantastic. Oh, and you, Charleston Heston, <laughs> Roy Kinner is in it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Jane, uh, uh, Champion, uh, Faye Dunaway is in it. Oh, cool. Yeah. So anyway, so it's a lot of who's who's of the seventies. It seems this movie. Um, yes, and sir. it did well, and that that kind of like bolstered his career in the seventies. He. Got financed to do this mo- movie called The Royal Flash, which I guess was a hmm. take on um, uh, the Flashman novels. What? Um, the f- what? Mo- the oh, I don't okay. think it's the it's Flash. Not the Flash. Yeah, no. I was about to say. But he was doing. He did a lot of. Th- he was making you know some s- success. It was making the what? And then once again, in the seventies, his career ends in the seventies by two clinkers, Butch and, and Sundance, the early days. <laughs> Ah, these Which are I clinkers. Guess, wait, is this about Butch Casty and the Sun? Oh, I guess he made a the prequel. Sequel? Yeah, a he prequel. made a prequel to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Does it start the same dudes? Uh, no. 
Boo. I'm, I'm pretty sure no. Nope. William Cat no. yeah, and yeah. Tom Berg and So this did pretty uh, poorly. Um and Ugh, he's again, like his this career, is a clinker. His career kind of um went downhill. Uh but he was a producer on the first Superman. Oh, he's a producer. Oh. Which gave him then credentials to help out with Superman 2. Dosal. Um and Superman 2 he ended up technically directing. You know, um, he's uncredited. No, no, he's not. He's, no, it's Richard. So Richard Donner yeah. directed Superman 1-0. Yeah. Then Richard Donner started to direct uh, 2, but there was creative differences. Yeah. If I remember correctly. And there was, so yeah. they were like, well, if Richard Donner's going to be out, let's just get another Richard. Yeah. Okay, so we... Don't have to spend as much on the marquee. So they're like, Superman is basically Paul McCartney, but he he blows uh, ice breath. Um, um, so let's throw in Richard Lester. Yeah. Because he can direct the Beatles. And they basically directed, he reshot 70, he reshot everything. Um, besides, there was 25% of the movie that wasn't done yet. And so... What's his fate? Who's the guy that plays Lex Luthor? Um, that's uh, Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman was born refused... on your birthday. Exactly. Gene Hackman refused to come back for the reshoots. Um, I can't and... do an impersonation of him. I'm sorry. And then he went on um, to make Superman, Superman 3, Thrace. which was much more goofy. Very and much goofy. more like what we think of as British kind of silly sh- humor. It's very, I mean. Like there's a scene where Superman, <laughs> Superman is drinking <laughs> in a bar and it's not really supposed to be funny, but it comes off as a little bit but funny. It's hilarious because it's Superman, and he's just doing shot after shot, and he's in the Superman costume. And he's also playing kind of like a sad, mean Superman. Like, for some reason, his costume's a little darker. Yeah. And he's just, I don't know, he's just like, get me more whiskey. But this is, you know, Christopher Reeves, and it's just not coming off. Yeah. There's a scene where he's like running away, and the, just the way the shot looks... It looks ridiculous. Yeah, but I mean, he uh, he made that with who was the, who's the guy? The uh, Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor, was, another Richard. Which is <laughs> it just keeps bringing on Richards. Maybe they thought that they were hiring uh, Richard Pryor. That's to probably direct. why. You know what? Then because Richard Starkey was was Ringo Starr's real name. Oh. So maybe he made Ringo the star of help. And, or like basically the catalyst for everything to happen. Yeah, because he, he felt akin to Richards. If you can believe it, everybody. If you haven't seen a Hard Day's Night or Help, uh, Ringo for some reason is always the main character mm-hmm. in my mind. Yeah, I mean he's is, the one that makes it a story. Everybody else just evolves around his blunders. Like I wonder what like does Ringo like? Did he just accept that as like okay, I'm the buffoon of the group? Like whenever they were just like, there's a scene in the beginning of Hard Day's Night where. <laughs> He's like somewhat. There's a girl like smiling and waving at him, and he waves back. And then George Harrison is like, "Are you going to do something about that?" And he's just like, "Nope, she'll probably just break my heart like all the rest." And then he just like talks about having like an insuper- uh, insuperiority complex because that's what all drummers have is an insuperiority complex. And it's just like this weird like guys, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, even though that's what everybody thinks I am. Yeah, it's he- like this weird. He just kind of accepted it. I would love to see a um, uh, Sunny, not Sunny, but um, 
Who's the the guy from uh, Godfather Two who goes like, well, I'm not. No, he's like, I'm not an idiot. Even though oh. Fredo, I would love yeah. to see that Fredo scene, but with Rich, uh, with Ringo. Also, I'm gonna say this real quick. If you're if you like to listen to Radio for Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please download a free mobile app for iPhone and Android. Available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. I like it how you knew you were doing that really monotone mm-hmm. and unprofessional. You think and that's unprofessional? Pe- I think that's very unprofessional. All right, let's try another one. All right. Can I do one? Well, let me try this one. Please be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming Radio Free Brooklyn events. You can sign up at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash newsletter. That was good, but so soon after you doing that bad one, it, well, it maybe seemed a little like, sarcastic. Okay, so now I'm just... All yeah, right. now it just sounds like you're berating well, I'm, me. I'm sorry. I'm living in a string of time, so I I felt the well, old one. That's true. But um, could I have that paper so I can interject okay. at some point? Not Okay, we'll do that towards the okay, end. Well. So that's basically his career, honestly. I mean, at that point, like after S- Superman 3, he kind of just um, stopped make it or he he his career was like that was mid 80s his career kind of just dried up after that he made this movie called uh finders keepers in 84 then he did the return of the musketeers well finders keepers was apparently um jim carrey's um very early was in it was like very early his one of his first movies you don't think he discovered jim carrey did he i don't like discovered jim carrey but i think he was already in the circuit as like being a comedian to have um yeah, and then he went back, and then he kind of just went back to his old thing of, like, doing Return of the Musketeers, and then he helped make a, a music video kind of thing called Get Back with Paul McCartney in 91, and then he kind of just stopped, and he kind of just retired, and, like, um, Steven Soderbergh recently released a, um, uh, or not recently, but, like, in 2000 and, and oh, no, sorry, 1999, made a book called Getting Away With It. Um, which is basically a Hitchcock and Truffaut type of style where it's just him talking to um, uh, Dick Lester and it's just like their conversation. Oh, um, really? Is So is Richard Lester funny, like in person? Because sometimes, you know, you would, you would maybe say there's some funny moments. Well, he's a director, so it's just like he's funny, but he's still very controlled. Like R- Edgar Wright, I would say, is... A funny yeah, da- guy. that's true. That's true. Yeah, he's very funny. And oh, I mean, the Taika Wakini. What TT? Yeah, or you know what, Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele. Very hilarious people. Yeah, hilarious to talk to. Mm-hmm. But they're great directors. Yeah. So I wonder if. Um, well, the interviews that I saw of him, this was a little bit when he was a little bit older and more resigned. Mm. Um. So he didn't really seem funny. He seemed more just like talking about his past that's why i would love what a crazy life i've lived do you think that even at 90 years old he would still because you know actors and directors and less so directors but there is a little bit of ego you have to have Mm -hmm. in your movie making Mm -hmm. do you think he still would have enough ego inside of him to come on this free radio station with two very successful radio people yeah to talk about movies i think he could i think he would because I would like to know what is a ninety-year-old um, man who changed cinema to a, a certain extent. Well, to a what degree, does he watch? people don't um, people don't really know about. Him. Like they know about 
Richard Linklater. They probably think, oh, Richard. Yeah, no, I know Richard Lester. He did Boyhood. Yeah. True. The RL, they get confused. Yeah. Oh, School of Rock. I love that. But they also just don't know about his his contribution to when we think of Monty Python, like Monty Python really, like I've said this before earlier, Monty Python really has a lot to to owe. It would be nice to confirm that. Be Uh, like, it's really quite clear. Like if you see any like he was doing this 15 years before Monty Python was doing anything. And it's very similar um, type of humor. And like you, I've seen it a few places that they were inspired by. I was just thinking about this, Lester. that um, it, it makes me wonder like that Richard Lester seems like a great uh, opportunity to direct the Pink Panther movie. Mm. But the Pink Panther movies, which we should do an episode on mm-hmm. this, the Pink Panther series. Yeah. Because I don't know. I feel like we're going more to, like we're, we're going towards more the end of this the the podcast where we can just talk about yeah. random stuff. Um, the Pink Panther has quite a few movies and each one is more different or not more different, but each one kind of like ramps up the silliness. Mm-hmm. Um, Blake Edwards created it, but I was just thinking like, could he get another like Richard Lester would be a perfect fit for that. Mm. Maybe, you know, it's a, it's a different kind of whoa, like humor. Yeah. Like when I think of Help and Hard Day's Night, I definitely think like a more reserved version of Mighty Python, where it's just skit after skit, and it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean it's surrealist humor. It's, it's just surrealist. like one thing leads, like there is one thing leads to another. Well, I feel like Hard Day's Night was probably the least surrealist. Um, like Help started getting into extremely surreal. But you know, you watch these movies, and then you think to yourself, wouldn't it be great? Or would it be great if we lived in a world where things of this horrible, like, weirdness were mm-hmm. okay with us? Like, if I got shrunk down and into a little cup, mm-hmm. I would be freaking out. I would I would be like, what the hell is happening to me? I'm dying. Or maybe something like, I'm going to get squished. No, Paul McCartney just starts splish splashing in this teacup and yeah, like, bathing in a bath. He's like, oh, okay, I'm a little tiny. Now the... Now the uh, T is bigger now that I can, you know, uh, bathe in it. Mm-hmm. So it would be interesting to have the confidence of a beetle and help. Yeah. Um, just knowing everything's going to be okay. And then the villains of these are always very, very over the top British kind of villains. You got the yeah. two bumbling. See, things are kind of a bit like, I don't think we can, there's not a whole lot. Well, I, I was about to say there's not a whole lot of surrealist humor, but. Atlanta is fairly surrealist, very surrealist, but it's yes, not but really it's funny. Still serious. <gasps> I think we have a phone call. That's not a phone call. That's someone trying to get in. Oh, are you sure? Check the phone. Um, you know, there's a phone right over there. Hello. No, that's definitely someone trying to get in. Darn it! Because that would I would hear it on the head, not over there. Well, should we try to answer it? Um, possibly, yeah. You want to try to? I, I can uh, vamp. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Hi, everybody. Um, the thing about this radio show is we are uh, more open to uh, the elements than one would in, say, more uh, funded radio show. So we are pretty good. We're pretty, you know. There's no cars that will like run us over, people coming to stab us, or anything like that. But uh, other people are about to come on the show. 
and they forget their keys. So we have to be here to help them. Now, thank God we don't have Richard Lester. Or Sam would have gotten up and said, Boo to you, sir. So, yeah. So that was not Richard Lester. Hopefully I did what I was supposed to do. Um, but let's end today by just talking about... Um, Some movies I mean, we've seen? Yeah, but also we used final to... words on Richard Lester. I, I'm very enthralled with him. Uh, I think his comedy is... Right on and spotty good. Mm. Uh, it's sad. Oh, oh, okay. Again. Go ahead. It's sad to think. It's sad that there are not more action films with Richard Lester because uh, action films don't really have very superb a- uh, comedy anymore. I mean, Die Hard has pretty good. Uh, uh, you know, just talking about Bruce Willis, pretty good humor. You know, like ho ho ho, I have a gun now. Um, but with the with the humor that uh, is in Three Musketeer, it has a nice build up. It's also uh, just what's it, experimental too. Oh, something that I want to say before is that uh, Three Musketeers. If you have not seen, um, what's it called, uh, um, Excalibur, that's what it kind of reminds me of. Now, of course, Excalibur is more so the mystical type and much more there's a lot more shininess to everything swords and such but All right, i'm gonna have to let this guy in oh the door goodness. i know i don't know what's going on but can you, can you make sure to forgot his keys can you tell him hey you ruined our show yeah i might have to so just give us them some things that you watch oh boy okay. sorry you're gonna have to solo bolo this i yeah seriously solo bolo this is usually all right uh Hello, everybody. This is Zachary Ferguson going solo because the people before us forgot their keys and now it's our issue. Uh, we don't forget keys because we're good at our jobs. Uh, you know, knock on wood. Hopefully someone would help us if we forgot our keys. But, you know, that's just life. Anyways, so things I've seen recently. I <laughs> it's funny. The only thing I could say that I've seen recently is really a lot of uh, red letter media. So this is just going to be my rant on red letter media. Uh, hello. This, if you ever wanted to capture my love for them, this is it. If you like to see a bunch of people review movies, more so if you're in the light of um, kind of cheesy or like horror movies. They are right up your alley. And speaking of which, they uh, they show me a lot of or just appreciation for these more horrible movies because I used to be very uptight when it came to movies. I was always like back in high school, back in late high school and uh, college. I was uh, very adhered to watching anything that wasn't uh, great or something well received. I was very much a Criterion Collection person, which I love still but that's like all i would watch and i would look down on these horrible movies like why would i waste my time watching these horrible movies but there are wonderful things to them for example i started watching um a movie last night on criterion uh uh, channel called black belt jack uh black belt jack i think because there is uh they just this is what is it? April the second uh, of April, two thousand twenty-two. Mm-hmm. They just I'm released. Back, by the way. Oh, hello, Sam. 
they just released on Criterion Channel a bunch of black exploitation movies. Mm. So eventually, I need to watch the uh, sweet ass black black. I forget. It's like sweet black ass something uh, ass. Oh my! God. I think ass is in it, but it's like sweet swimmers. Okay. Ass Let's just let's hold on a second. <laughs> what? Oh, you're looking it up. Yeah. Uh, it's Martin uh, Pebbles. Martin Pebbles is in. But the movie I'm looking up is Black Belt. Jo- oh, Black Belt Jones. And it's got two movies. The first one was pretty ridiculous. And then the, <laughs> the sequel to Black Belt Jones is just called Hot Potato. It's Sweet Sweet Back's Badass Song. I knew there was ass in there. Yeah. And as a college kid, I was like, ass in a title. I mean, you had kick ass, mm-hmm. but sweet. So I was just saying some movies. Yeah. So I would suggest uh, Atlanta just came out. Is it good? I love it. It's the same kind of vibe. I've only watched the first episode. I feel like I've missed the mark on that. Like I've seen the episodes so many times, but like not the full thing mm-hmm. that I feel like, I don't know. I'm just kind of. I've ruined it for myself. I also really, if you're in New York or L.A., um, everything, everywhere, all at once is now. Have you seen that? I haven't seen it. It's getting really want to see it. Yeah, I really want to see it. Um, Um, Somebody who I respect who made the show Midnight Mass. mm. uh, Michael Flanagan. Mm -hmm. Yes, that is right. Michael Flanagan said, or Mike Flanagan said that he loves it. It's one of the best movies he's ever seen. Yeah. And I would highly suggest going I've, I've i haven't seen it but it seems like support independent movies that aren't marvel yeah because that's it what it seems every, like the thing to watch that's like what everybody an experience to watch in theaters specifically oh really yeah oh, then i gotta go see it yeah before it's out already but the good thing is is we are in new york i also Michael have you york. seen coda at all i haven't nor okay. do i care to see it yeah the thing is it won best picture right yeah the thing is is everybody that i've talked to Seen the movie does not like the movie. It's not a good. I think it would be an okay movie. It seems like people are like, this seems like it's a great Hallmark movie. Or it looked a great, like a. It looked like, like a lifetime. Pixar movie. kind of like perfect, like everything. It's like a perfect script that there isn't anything really like. I wonder if they had a deaf dog. <laughs> like that would have, and then the dog died that would have made cancer. the movie. Well, it's just like it's almost to oh, that degree to, Pix- to Pixar, to, yeah. uh, not even Pixar, but just add in the the sadness yeah. to it all. Just like my whole entire family is deaf, and I'm not. Yeah, even my dog. Yeah, is deaf, <laughs> and then halfway through the movie, you know, get run the over dog comes or something. Back. Oh, oh yeah. the dog comes back. Yeah, so it gets lost, and, and then it's an extremely co- happy ending. Yes, it's kind of like the Wayne's World. Uh, one extremely happy ending. But I'm trying to think what else I've seen. It's honestly been a very, very busy week. Um, oh, I st- no, I don't want to. Started okay. watching a movie called Space Cop, which was made by the Red Letter Media. Oh people, my god! It's, okay, it's pretty bad. Um, no offense to them. Yeah, but I would say um, Atlanta is really great. Um, I don't know. Oh, I mean, um, I definitely I watched. You know, I guess I watched Help. Yep. Was the main thing, but we've already talked about that. Uh, Owl, the Owl House on Disney is back. I know we are back to talking about Disney, but it's one of the only shows that is really pushing back on the whole. Like you know how there's a whole problem 
with the LGBTQ thing with Disney, like oh yeah, yeah. them pushing it or like reserving it, and yeah. now Florida's like, we won't give you a tax break if you yeah. keep pushing this, you know, LGBTQ. Yeah. Now one of the shows that is unblatant because mm-hmm. the unblatant. first is that a word? I don't know. Un- I don't think that's so. A word. They kept um trying like Disney kept being like I think it's just blatant. Oh. Unblatant. So they're unblatant. Okay. Yes. Hmm. Well, the only movie so far in Disney or that, that was like the big hallmark for LGBTQ, uh, T, LGBTQ yeah. was the movie Onward, but it was a throwaway character who just says in the back, like, man, my wife is going to kill me. Mm. That was it. I mean, yes, that was representation, but it was like something that they could cut for. I guess subtle is the word that you're looking subtle, for. Subtle, Yes. But the show that is unapologetic and apologetically yes is the Owl House, um, where the uh, main character uh, is by hmm. the other one is it, it does the whole it does a lot of the spectrum, which I um, uh, what is it tip my hat to even yeah. Steven Universe tried to, but they, they it was more like a metaphor hmm. than an actual like LGBTQ. Nice. So, if you like a good show, The Owl House by Dana Terrence is the show to watch. Okay. Currently, I'm never mind. So, uh, some of the episodes aren't on Disney Plus, so hmm. but there are there are ways to watch it. Is all I'm saying. Well, um, I mean that's kind of it for today. Um, uh, next week, um, we'll either have that artist on or uh, Richard Lester. Or Richard Lester. Yes. Um, go watch the Richard Lester movie. Um, and I recommend Help. I think Help is a good first. Oh, so you're Team Help. Huh? I'm a Team Help. I know you're Team Hard, Hard Day's, Day's Night. Night. Yeah. 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 Maybe it's just I, I like a little bit more groundedness to it, and also mm-hmm. I feel like that did oh, no. a lot more to. Well, what am I saying? Watch Superman two. That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, that's not even him though. That's Richard Donner. Yeah, but Richard Lester directed quite a bit of it. Go and there you know, is go home. Silly. Look up on YouTube the Goon Show and listen to some Goon Show. And that's on Criterion Channel. That's it's a radio show, so no, it just go on YouTube. The thing that is on Criterion is the standing, jumping, or the running, jumping, and standing film. And that's got um, Peter Sellers, Peter and Sellers. Spike Mulligan. All right. Well, after I'm done with work stuff, all right. Do that. Well, all right. We gotta um, head on out. Goodbye, everybody. Stay uh, tuned for the next episode or the next show. Um, it's coming up shortly. It's coming up in five.